This is the Living in Clarity Podcast. I'm Coach Radner. Today we're filming from Old City Radio Studios in Jerusalem. And today we have a very special guest, Rabbi Yisrael Frankel. Relationship coach. Rabbi, it's great to see you again. Thank you. I haven't seen you since last year. What have you been doing with yourself? I have been uh, meeting people one-on-one and helping them transform their relationships, their intimate relationships, and their own understanding of themselves, and really manifesting a beautiful life. Have you de- have you determined that a lot of people have have issues? It's because of they don't love themselves or they have a hard time with their self-esteem. Clearly, yeah. So it's like it's they go hand in hand, really, like loving and self-esteem, don't they? You can't really love somebody else unless you love yourself. Yes, you can. That's why we, you know, the Torah says, you have to l'recha kamocha. You should love somebody like you love yourself, which is pretty profound, which means the same uh, attributes that you know how to love yourself, you use them to also expound and include other people. But if you don't know how to love yourself, then how can you make a relationship? You know, how many people I've, I've known, especially in their late 30s and 40s, who would like to get married, and they obviously have low self-esteem, not obviously, but many of them do have slow self-esteem, and, and they wonder why they're having a hard time finding someone to, 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 to date and to marry. Yeah. Because they, they don't love themselves. And such an important part of our life is to make sure that we love ourselves so we're able to love other people. You know, when I was single, I was, you know, 34 years old and not been, you know, not been married. And I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to be happy as a person, as a single person, whether I get married or not. And that's when I met my wife. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you find that that's the truth? Like you have to be happy with where you are in life? Yeah. Well, see, happiness is, is has uh, a lot to do with looking at the world and seeing the potential and the really that the world is a gift. And in a deep sense, what that means is you're connected to God because, I mean, God is a concept that a lot of people have a misconstrued understanding about. But what I mean is that the world is a gift of love. How do we actually embody ourselves, love ourselves? Well, if you experience the world as a place where you don't have opportunities and you have to survive and fight and and you can only get things if you really like really work hard and you have to suffer through it, then you're not going to experience love. Yeah. But if you experience like wow, this air, this sun, this, you know, this world, this the pleasures of I ate breakfast. Wow, what a gift this is. So you're experiencing consistent giving and loving. So then it's easy to start noticing that hey, there's I'm loved. And then you can love yourself. Yeah, it's like it's like the theme I say: you thrive versus survive. You can go through life trying to survive and get by, or you thrive with everything that's happened to you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I flew home from um, Miami a few days ago, and I was sitting on the plane. I was right. I, I do a lot of writing on the plane. I don't watch any movies. Well, that's not true. Uh, I do watch Tom Cruise movies, uh, but. Um, he, uh, I was writing, and the woman sitting next to me, I was sitting next to a couple, and she goes, oh, you're a writer. And I'm like, I guess I'm a writer. I don't feel like officially call myself a writer, but I write books. And she goes, what do you write? I was talking to her about it. And then as time went on, they brought us our dinner. You know, when you fly from uh, Miami or from the East Coast to Israel, you get about an hour into the flight, you get your dinner. And I'm all happy. I'm unwrapping my food, and I'm eating it. And the guy goes, is food good to me? I'm like, it's it's great. And they're like looking at me like it's fun. Like I'm in, like really enjoying my food. And it was really, you enjoy the food that much? I go, I go ma'am, I'm sitting at 40,000 feet going 600 miles per hour in an aluminum tube, seeing a chair, and some nice ladies bring me a hot meal. I, what is there to complain about? Like, I don't get that service at home. <laughs> and she goes, wow, you really do believe what you're right. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm happy. Like, how can you not be happier? Basically, happiness is a choice. Yes. We have a lot of opportunities in life that are full of pleasure, and pleasure is an experience of love. Because when we someone's pleasuring us, they're loving us. And we can either experience that or block it. 
So the more times we are conscious of experiencing a pleasurable experience, that's the more times we experience love in our life. And everything is exponential. So when you have 20 experiences of love in your life, that means you feel a tremendous amount of love all the time. And if you block all of those experiences and you just notice things you're missing in your life, then you feel a lack of love and you feel hungry. It's like, wait, what's going on with my life? And it's a choice. It's a choice what you notice, what you pay attention to, what you put energy into. You know, you talk about breakfast, right? How many of us, we run here, we go there, we put this in our mouth. Who? It's an experience. It's a gift. My wife taught me that, you know, when she spends 25 minutes making, you know, the, the, the bread, which is fried on the, on the butter and the avocado and the, and the mayonnaise and the tomato and, and, the, and the egg, right? That's well, actually a beautiful thing. You have a nice breakfast. Because <laughs> she's like, I want to enjoy my life and I want you to enjoy your life. So I'm going to put a lot of energy into it and my life's going to be enjoyment. That's a decision. It's a decision how you want to live your life. Do you want to live your life in suffering and lack, or do you want to make your life good? So you can look at everything either as pain or pleasure. Mm-hmm. Someone can get this beautiful breakfast that your wife makes, and maybe the egg's a little bit runny, or maybe the, the avocado's a little you know, rotten or unripe, and you can be complained about that. Or you can say, what a blessing it is that not only am I getting this wonderful food that God gave us, I mean, like this amazing fruit and vegetables and eggs, I have someone in my life who's making me a meal, which I appreciate. You know, I do a lot of cooking in my house. So I appreciate when someone, some flight attendant brings me dinner. I get so much pleasure out of that. And even though the food, whatever, the food's, you know, marginal, whatever. But I still love the fact that I'm sitting and just plain eating my food. Yeah. And I think that's how everyone should look at life, that life is a gift. And everything we have in our life is a gift. And you should be thanking God every day for all everything good that happens to you. And a very high level is thanking God for everything bad that happens to you. When you say you look at life, it's it's all pleasure. Right. So I want to make a point about that, about blessings. You know that we know that the, the, the sages told us to make blessings before we eat. Yes. And so a lot of us interpret that as like saying you have a responsibility to God to thank him. And it's like this heavy thing. But the truth is what they're trying to put you in a consciousness is of you could just ignore this experience and not realize someone was loving you but if you are aware and it's like wow hey this doesn't have to happen it happened because he cares about me he it's you have all these opportunities to experience love in your life and care and then you actually notice wow this really tastes good because this is is put there with effort and that makes a totally different life and what you said about blessing the bad things is that you know bad things are not fun and no, they, they, they're painful. Yeah, they're not fun. And, and no one would say, yeah, I want bad things. But once you start experiencing life as so much gifts, you, you realize that the bad things are just in the process. They're, they're not the way that it's going to end up because that isn't my life. And so if there's a bad thing, it's like, oh, obviously I need to go through this in order to get to the real goal, which is what my life is usually like. But if your standard life is like suffering and annoying and hard work and you never spend time to pleasure, so the bad things are just like another additive, like it's not even, it's not only suffering, it really is bad, it hurts so much. Yes. Yeah. Do you feel like some people, when they're they're in ruts like that, and you probably coach people who are still single, do you ever tell them to move? Like sometimes you have to change your, they, there's I think in Torah, there's like there's different ideas that if you want to change your mazel, which when we say mazel tov, it really means changing the stars, you know, changing the, the horoscope, I should say. And so they say, there's th- I think there's three ways you can change your mazel. One is you change your name. 
in your place. When your place and one is one your job? No, shino makom, shino zaman, and shino hashem. So there's a time, a, a place, and your name. Right. But I want to make a point about this. See, I don't think necessarily what we do is the point. The question is, why are we doing it? So you come in somebody, happens all the time. They come into me and they're in a bad situation. They're not married. They're in an intimate relationship with their wife and they're not being successful. They're doing bad stuff with their sexual desires yes. and all, all kinds of stuff, right? So the first thing that you'll notice when you sit with somebody is that they actually believe that that's what they're going to get. And they, the ability to actually see beyond where they're holding is, is hard. I mean, they think that that's their life. That they can't that's change it. it? That's right. They believe it. Like a guy I sat with a guy I sat with this morning today. He's like he's in a loop for years and years, and it's like, yeah, th that's the way it is. I'm going to suffer for my life. So, <laughs> if you tell a guy like that, go change your place, he's going to do the same thing. Yes, he's going to move in the same. So the first thing that we that I do with a guy is I say, okay, take a look at this pain in your life. And pain is a really amazing thing. You know, I wonder why it's like it's like if you put your hand on a stove. Yes, pain is great. Tells you take that hand off the stove. Sure, you gotta have right? pain. So pain is a is a street sign. Yeah. So when you have a guy stuck in a place and he's suffering, it's great. Go in there, feel it. Why? Because it's telling you get out of here. Well, where do we go? Ooh, you mean there's a potential? You start opening up the guy to say, you know, there's another life you could live. Really? Well, let's look at it. And introduce them to the possibilities of their life. The very fact that they start dreaming about these things and they start going towards that, that's already the shift. Right, and then you get them to invest in there by saying well, we can get there. You get a bit positive, and then you make decisions about what to do. It could be the decision what to do is to change your place. Could be, yeah, could be a hundred things, but it has to be from a place of I'm going to a good life, and this is the way to get there. But sometimes they're so used to the pain they don't even realize it's pain anymore. It's like mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, when someone mm -hmm. there, there was a there's a very popular video about a woman a couple who are arguing, and she's complaining about her headache. And she has a nail in her head. Have you heard of this one? She has a nail in her head. And he says, and the husband says to her, honey, you, you know you have a nail in your head. She goes, stop, give me the answers. Stop, I'm, I'm just looking for someone to talk to. Like, because men want to give answers to women. They want to they solve problems. You know, men like to solve problems. And like, she didn't want this problem solved. She just wanted someone to talk to, right. to listen to her complain about her right. pain. Right. And she got, you know, she's used to the pain. And even when people want their problems solved, Sometimes their scope of what that means is so small. You know, like this famous this parable they said of, of this, ki this this king who kicked his son out because he did bad stuff. And he sent him to live with the peasants in the garbage dump. Okay. And after many years, the king decides he wants to take his son out of the garbage dump. So he comes to the son and says, my dear son, I want to give you what, what, what do you want? What would you like? He says, I'll tell you, dad, in this garbage dump, I always have problems because the people next to me, they also were looking for food in the garbage dump, and they're also trying to look for food. It's always difficult to, you know, get our stuff. What I want is my own personal garbage Garbage's dump. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that's a problem. Sometimes our, our, our vision is so low that we will actually manifest a reality of that all the time because that's all we can believe in. Yeah. And the biggest gift you can give to somebody is let them know what their potential is. And the way they know their potential is because they want it. They're hungry for it. The pain is just like, hey, I don't belong here. You don't belong here. It's true. But they feel like the blood. The problem is they feel like they belong. They feel like they deserve it. They have low self-esteem, possibly. And this they go, this is what I deserve. Mm-hmm.
I don't deserve anything else. Right. So you have to build up their self-esteem, don't you? Yeah, you have to help them. But it, you see, it's, self-esteem is something that comes from within inside. Yeah. So if you, what the main thing that I think you have to help people is become self-aware. Let them be authentic to themselves. Because when a person's in a bad self-esteem, what they're really doing is lying to themselves. Yes, yeah. Like I said, the name of this podcast is called Living Clarity. Mm -hmm. Because I, you want your students to be living in clarity, which means the awareness to know that this bad situation they're in doesn't have to be permanent. Right. And we all go through bad situations. We all go through periods of low self-esteem. We all go through periods where we struggle. Um, but the idea is that you know that there is another side to that story, and you can change your goggles, and you can change your vision of what the future is going to be, and you can change your future. You can change that future as long as you have a vision of what it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Have you struggled with self-esteem ever? Oh, yeah. Self -esteem? I think the biggest problem in my life, literally the biggest problem in my life, is the, the assumption that I'm not good enough or that I'm bad. Literally, the most destructive thing that I did in this world is believe that all of the problems that I had afterwards yeah. were because of that belief. And when I shifted that belief, all I, my life opened up in a serious way. And I, when I said I shifted, is like it's a constant struggle. I, I don't think it ever ends. No. I, I, you know, I, I, when I started, the reason why I started writing on self-esteem was because we did a podcast on it, it did tremendously well. And I start writing about it. I'm like, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot of self-esteem. Like, I've, I've had, I've been a mess sometimes, and I want to turn my mess into a message. And even when the war broke out here in Israel, I mean, I felt miserable. And I went to my book. And I'm like, okay, how do I make myself feel better? Mm -hmm. And I went through my different, some of these different steps that I have. <coughs> excuse me, and uh, it really did help. You know, I always say, if you want to, if you want to have a fantastic relationship. Write a book on relationships. If you want to have a fantastic marriage, write a book on marriage. If you want to have fantastic self positive self esteem, write a book on self esteem. Yeah, I find all the time in my counseling or coaching or doing therapy with somebody, and they walk into my office and they sit down and they start telling me all about myself. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what to tell you, but I wish I when I talk to them, I'm really talking to myself. Yeah. I don't counsel people, but I do like to help people a lot. I mean, I do counsel people, but I don't, it's not an official counselor kind of thing. And so sometimes I'll sit down with students and they'll just, and I, they'll start talking to me about their problems. And since I don't want to be there for an hour listening, I'll say to them, listen, because I don't charge anything. I said, I, I, do you have a problem you want me to solve or a question you want me to answer? And I'm happy to help you solve your problem. I'm happy to answer your question, but I, I'm not a therapist here. You're, you're, you know, therapists get paid. They sit there to listen. You sit on the couch and they sit there and write notes and for an hour. And if you're getting paid, that's what you do, right? right. But if I'm just here to help someone, I want to help you. I'm like, unfortunately, like, I'm, I, my patience levels, I've gotten much better with my patients. But I went to the point. What's the point? What do you want me to help you with? Right. So a lot of times, actually, that's really powerful for people because it's. I find it, it, that I actually changed my modality. I was very much in educating and doing therapy. And it's great. And it has a very, a very important part of life. But a, another, to really make transformation, a person has to come in with a vision of a goal, what we're going to do. And until he has that goal or she has that goal, what we're going to do, a lot of the education will just seep out, you know, one year out the other, or the therapy will just like, yeah, there's some healing going on, but what do you do with your life? What do you mean what we're going to do? I, isn't it better to say what do we hope to accomplish? What's yeah, the goal? Say, I always say what's the goal. When, when, I, when I give a class, I, like when I, I gave a, um, a marriage class in Orlando last week, and I was in front of uh, mostly couples, some, some people who were just dating. I said, the goal of this class is for you to be in a loving, passionate relationship with one person the rest of your life. And if you're not, I failed and I have no intention of failing. That's the goal of the class. Right. So I always state my goal at the beginning. Right. You notice yeah. in a lot of the educational systems, college or in, in yeshivas, they don't have a goal. No, you have to have your elevator pitch. 
But I call the other, yeah, like, what's the purpose? Why am, I, why am I coming to this event? Why am I coming to this right. class? Why am I taking this class? Why am I getting therapy from you? What is the purpose? What is the goal? And if you can't state it, then it's going to be hard to, to help someone, isn't it? Right, very impossible. You know? They can't help themselves because they can't envision where they're going. And the second that you give them a, a concrete goal, and I, what I want to say what the concept of goal is, it should be something broader than just an action. It should be the entire experience that goes along with it, what the life change is going to look like, how they're going to feel, what's going to be ramifications, because that mean, that connects people to their goals in a deep way. Yeah. When a person's living their goal, they're living inspired. They're living connected to themselves, and then they can actually accomplish but so a lot of times on the therapeutic model, what we're just doing is healing some kind of issue that come up. And, and, and it's important. Some, you can't really move sometimes if you're stuck in a, in a very negative space and you, the way you look at yourself. But that's not enough because then they just heal and go nowhere. And I'm not even talking about necessarily practical actions. I'm talking about that I'm motivating all of my energy to get to a different way of life. And then you can come with practical actions. What are some practical applications that you tell people to do that in order to help them have better relationships, get through their low self-esteem? What are some of these practical? Because I'm all about practicality. You know, so you know what? What can I do? Let's talk about let's talk about something which is everybody's got to do. You got to make money, right? Yes. Okay. So when you're talking about making money, it's like I got to make money. Well, what is that? What is money, right? What do you want to do with your money? You want a car? You want a house? You want things? You want to buy stuff? Until you actually connect to practicality of what you're going to do with it, right? It's very, very airy, and you're still like in a survival mode. When you start seeing the picture of that car you want to buy, then you're connected to it, and you're, all of your systems are we're going there. And then you can quantify it. Well, I need $25,000. Oh, so my work has to create $25,000, right? So that's very mathematical and simple, right? So let's take a relationship, okay, an intimate relationship. Some people will say, I just want to have peace. And what they mean peace, they mean like Palestinian-Israeli peace, like no one's killing each other. Sure. Really? That's what you want to live? Your life's just like no one's, no one's fighting with each other? That's it? That's simple. That's sim How about you want to have love flowing through the air and you have experiences that are so fulfilling and like such magic and so much pleasure between the two of you and you enjoy each other's life? You ever thought of that one? Hmm. What would that look like? Let's picture it. Let's picture a day in your in your family. Intimacy. How would intimacy look like if it's really powerful and amazing? But why? That's a good question that sometimes sometimes that has been coming up in my podcast. Why be married? Why do you want to? Why do you want a relationship with somebody else? What's the purpose of it? Okay, that's why, a great question. There's a really. It's, it's not so easy to answer. Right. So I don't. I think that the why of everybody is a, is you should go inside because why is always, what do I need? Okay, so I think everybody, if there's enough self-aware, from my experience working with people for many, many years and doing emotional workshops, the deepest need of a human being is to be in love. I think it's to be needed. Okay, when you're needed, it's by, there's a, <laughs> you, can, you can be needed, that's a very small version of love. Yes. Because like, I don't really want you I want what you provide for me. Sure. Right? But if a person was just needed and not wanted inherently, they would have pain. Yes. That means it's not fully expressed. So really... You're taking advantage of at that point. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. So really, when we go inside of ourselves, what do we need to be do? We need, we need to be connected. We need to be in love. Now, we can have a discussion. What is the best way to do that? In a modern world, there's a lot of influence that people think, you know, marriage is not a good way to have a good loving relationship. It's actually a lot of pain and a lot of stress. And like, maybe it's better just to be like, you know, 
connected to a lot of people and open relationships. And, and that's a possibility. And I think that every possibility needs to be thought through from a deep place and really judged. But the way I think that it's smart to judge anything is look long-term. Yeah, how it feels, there's, you know, everything that there's looks glamorous, but if you take what's going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, yeah. how are you going to feel? So No one thinks like that. Right. So <laughs> That's why so many divorces and bad marriages. Exactly. So when you talk long term, the pleasures that a person gets from a stable, connected relationship where their whole life is intertwined with somebody else, which basically means they have the opportunity to feel love 24-7. Yeah, there's no better feeling, is there? No. There really isn't. When, you, when you're in a, like I say, passionate relationship, when I, you know, I have the four phases of love. We're not going to get into now. And the fourth phase is never leaving. You, pa you pass the commitment because everyone can marry, but 60% of the people get divorced and most of the rest of them aren't even happy. So when you get past that phase, when you know there's someone better looking, someone's got a better personality, someone cooks better, someone's got more money, someone's funnier, someone loves you more, whatever it is. But the person that you married doesn't, they don't, they're not the top of a game on every single characteristic, but you know they're not perfect, but you realize they're perfect for you. And when you realize that, you can be in a loving, passionate relationship with one person and have that relationship even when you're not with them, even when you go to Orlando for a week and buy and sell coins, that you know that you have this amazing relationship. Right. And you don't have to, it's not, a, it's not based on need. Oh, you know, my wife has talked to me five times a day. It's like, no, you know you're, they're there for you whether you're there with them or not. And right. there's no greater feeling, is there? Right. And I think that the fact that there's a marriage, marriage means there's you guys are connected in all facets of life, right? So yes. when you pay the, the, the bills and when you go to the supermarket, going to the supermarket can be making love. Oh, yeah. Making breakfast for somebody can be making love, yeah. right? There's Because there's so many opportunities of connection, there's so many opportunities to make love. And just really depends on how you're doing it. Do you milk this experience to express all of the attributes that you have inside of yourself or you just to take it for granted? And it's the same thing we said before. You can either make life fun and pleasure or you can just go through life and scat and complain about it all day all day long that it's like, what is it? I mean, I, all it is, you know, I'm eating, eating breakfast. You know, I got to eat breakfast in order to go to work. I go to work, right. what do I do to work? You can do that. Or you can, every experience is something which is, has the ability to have an intimate experience if you if you have a spouse your entire life is about intimacy that the intimate experience for me i have an acronym that i use and it's been very helpful in my classes it's called pies you might have heard this before physical intellectual emotional and spiritual when you connect on all those four different levels uh, you're connecting pretty good. I mean, you're 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 in the game pretty strong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, physicality obviously very important, the major part of a relationship, and then intellectual. You know, the person you end up with or have a relationship with should be in the same intellectual intellectual level, but it don't have to be. Like, you know, my wife is much sm smarter than me, or um, but emotional is very important that the, that you're open up emotionally, that you're willing to be vulnerable with each other. And that's the hard part. This is where people put their blocks up and the walls up and they don't allow themselves to be loved or to love somebody else because they're afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And of course, the spiritual aspect is having God in your life, knowing that God put you together, you guys are meant for each other. Um, it might not be easy. You might have some struggles. But having God as that, that focus of your life is really, I mean, there's a reason why that in most um, religious homes, not just Jewish religious, but even um, non-Jewish, the marriage divorce rate, marriage divorce rate is much, it's like nothing. It's very, very low. Now there's times they should get divorced, obviously, because they have a spiritual connection to each other.
Right. So I want to quantify that spiritual because sometimes it's hard for people to understand what spirituality means. One aspect of spirituality is accomplishment, is that the person grows. When we come into this world, right, everybody has a need to become something, right? We look for love and look for value, right? We even free choice to create ourselves, okay? So when a man and a woman goes into a relationship, what they're really doing is becoming a full-fledged version of themselves. A man can't really be a full man without a woman, and a woman can't be a full woman without a man, right? So that means that within the context of a marriage, there's an emotional connection of love and connection, but it's also like, wow, look what the person I became. Yeah. Yeah, you could see a guy who's like, is not sensitive and he's he's horrible and he's just not good to his wife. And you see a guy who's like really deeply, like he understands her, cares about her, loves her. That man, you look at him like, whoa, yeah. what a dude. I yeah. want to be like that. That's a man. That's a man, right? Yeah. So that's- you, Not the guy with big muscles and five girls in his arms and driving a Ferrari. Right, so, and he feels good about himself because he knows he accomplished becoming himself. Yeah. So that's a spiritual concept, right? Accomplishments is a deep thing. It's like becoming who I am. And when you're in a family and you develop all of your all of your abilities to connect and to care and to love and to become a provider, to become a strong person, to become a protector, to become a giver, right? And you look back at yourself like, damn, hey, that was worth it. Yeah. Right. As opposed to something using somebody else and right. And you're just having your own pleasures. And whenever you finish with them, you go to the other person. Sure. What do you think about yourself afterwards? Yeah. What did I accomplish? Not that much. Well, the, the, the accomplishment is that you had control over somebody else. That's that, that's the accomplishment. It powerful power. power right? right. People like to know that. Oh, I can try. I can I can woo this girl. I can get that guy. And and of course, that doesn't last to last long loving relationships right rabbi it's you're amazing i i gotta tell you i um was requested that i put you on the show and i see why and i think there's a lot we can talk about i think next time we come with a little tighter subject idea what we're going to discuss but man you'd have a lot of stuff to talk about i mean you're amazing i'm really i'm really impressed but we're gonna end this podcast now and uh, we're going to have you again, obviously, Great. very soon. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for li uh, listening to this episode of the Living and Clarity Podcast. I'm Coach Ratner. This is Rabbi Franco, and we'll see you next time.